Welcome to the Before Midnight podcast coming to you from the N Plus One studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Word, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. Good morning. Good morning. It's the morning. We're doing this early instead of in the afternoon. Correct. <laughs> Life is uh, getting chaotic. <laughs> so how are things going with you nowadays? What are you up to? Let's see. I'm, it's been a couple weeks, hasn't it? A week and a half, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> I don't even have kids at home, and um, yeah, I have no time right now. It's <laughs> it's insane. This is my my last week of this class of grad school, so I've got I got my I was up at three thirty this morning finishing off a project that I finally got submitted. I think at about seven this morning, so um, that's why I was late here. Sorry. And we've lost people at work, so I'm doing a different shift at work, and yeah, still managing to, you know, my, my bike is in the back of the car. I'm like ready to go after work for half an hour, if that's all I can get. Yeah, because in our obligatory weather talk, we're contracted by Mother Nature to <laughs> talk about it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it Mother Nature's not It is finally warmed pains. up. <laughs> and it's going to rain this weekend, so... Of course it is, because we're playing soccer this weekend. Yeah, of course. God. Yeah. Let's see, last Finals. weekend I was um, lead cycle, and it was, what, like 45 or 50 degrees yeah. on Saturday, and like a light, drizzly rain. Yeah, that was good stuff. Oh, that was miserable. That was miserable. I was on a bike and leading the 10K, and um, yeah, I froze. That was, that was uncomfortable. So I've been doing a lot of that, so that's taking up the weekends, doing a lot of the cycling. Not racing myself. I thought about it because I wrote, I ran over five miles the other day. That's the first time I've done that in probably six months. There you go. Year. It was slow and it was kind of trail and, but I was like, huh, okay, I can still do this. So <laughs> that's coming. I can still this. I can still run. I can, I can go places. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually thinking about signing up for a half next year because it's the 25th anniversary of the Flying Pig. Okay. And that is a really good race. That's a very well-run race. It's up it's, in Cincinnati, no? It's up in Cincinnati. It's usually Derby weekend, which, but this year it was the weekend before, which also fell on the same weekend as the Derby half and full, Okay. which I've also done five, six times, both of those races. But the pig is my preference because it's just the, the swag is awesome. The crowd support is fantastic. It's like... A moving picnic because there's like jello shots and beer and hot dogs all <laughs> along the route like it, it, the entire city makes it a big huge party if okay. you're on the road if you're on the route you're having a party in your front yard okay for six hours you know interesting yeah i, I don't know how you have a party at eight in the morning but oh okay. they do <laughs> they do the nursing home residents you know they sit out there with signs and dressed as pigs and okay yeah yeah. Interesting. It's it's a really fun, fun race. So so I may do that. I mean, I haven't done a half since 2019, 2018. Let's see. My last half was... Um, <laughs> well, how many standalone half, half marathons... How, how many standalone half marathons have you done? I know zero. Zero. Okay. Yeah. I've done like 40, so... I've done like maybe... I, I don't even... The only 5Ks I've done have been like with my family and my son. Yeah. I don't do road races. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's how I got started was doing road races. Right. And then I I figured out that I should probably do triathlon if I was going to 
do this for a while because road running is so hard on your body. It is very hard on your body. So. No, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, yeah, good times. Good times. So how are things with you? It was a busy derby weekend. Very busy. Can I tell my derby story about the horse? Do I have time? What, did he like try to eat the horses <laughs> after the race? <laughs> or did so, the guy punch the horse in the face? <laughs> my horse my horse vet actually put stitches in that horse's nose on like April seventh. And so he posted on Friday before Derby. My stitches are going to be in the Derby because that's when they found out that okay. Rich Strike was going to be in the Derby. I was mistaken just the way the post was written. He didn't put the date that he did the stitches. So I'm like, oh, my God, he just stitched up this horse the day before. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Turns out it was about a month before. Okay. But I'm like, I'm going to put money on this horse. You know, my vet worked on this horse. He's putting $20 down, you know. So silly me, I put him in a uh, trifecta box with two other horses. I never do that. I listen to people, and I should not have listened to people. So I got zip because those other two horses, even though they were favorites, did not come in first, second, or third. So One even of the though favorites finished second. Yeah, it, it still was... didn't make a difference because I did a trifecta box. Okay, because yeah, the the second and third place were pretty high odds, are pretty good odds. Yeah, I mean they were, but they weren't the two that I had picked. The two you had picked, yeah. Yeah, and then I had picked. Rich. I should have put Rich Strike all by himself. That was and... that was a wild race. That horse got very lucky. Yes. A- Apparently, I was someone was saying that the the track, the inside, was slow, which was some of the reason the inside lane had kind of dropped back. Why everybody kind of moved out to the middle, uh. and he was able to go to the inside because the the rumor or the that people were thinking the inside track was, was slow, slow, which gave him the rail and allowed him to kind of come out of nowhere. Because if you watch the leader until he passes him, is fighting off the horse that's right on his flank. Because right. he keeps drifting out, keep yeah. let, forcing him to not be able to pass. He never saw. Oh, yeah. The commentators the didn't even see him there. They didn't say his name until he went across the finish line. Yeah. And then all the controversy afterwards, I need to I need to actually shut down a post that I put because there's... I've been a pony rider on the track. I've been on a broke horse and I've had yearling thoroughbreds on a lead. It's wild. I mean... That horse thought he was still in the race. He they probably should let him run a little bit longer. <laughs> well, you, you can't. And, and, I mean, I know there's um, that train of thought, but there are, all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the race, there are people all over that track, and those horses are still hot as all get-go, and obviously he was, and all the attention was on him. And because I, I mean, I glanced over the TV and I saw the pony horse rearing up and I was like, whoa, what on earth happened? Rich Strike had just bitten the crap out of that horse. Oh, yeah. He tried to eat the horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was trying to eat the horse. I, I, I put a still picture where Rich Strike is like taking out the rider's knees. You have to hold those horses close so that they do calm down. If you let them go long... Rich Strike could have gone up, reared up, gotten his foot over the lead. You know, it was like, I'll oh, give him a longer lead. You can't do that. Well, you can, but you're risking losing that horse on the track and off the. You know, well, yeah, there's I mean, just all kinds of horrible things that can happen. So I would have thought though that if that once that horse started biting, you just kind of let it go and then come back and try again in a minute. No, I mean if you look, his pony horse didn't have it on, but a lot of times you'll see that they've got like leather shields on their shoulders, and that's because they know that they're going to be ponying a horse that bites. 
Rich Drake just doesn't have that much race experience either, so they didn't realize that about him. I guess he's never done something like that. But a lot of times those pony riders will have, you know, protection for their horses. But it's it's still not a good look to watch the dude punch the winner of the tournament no, in the face. No, <laughs> But at the same time, Absolutely. it's a 2,000-pound animal. Yes. He's, he didn't hurt him. He made him pay. T- oh, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Okay, I'll stop now. It's not like... You punching me or something like that. It'd be like me punching you, which would do nothing. Yeah, it's not a good look. Public <laughs> appearance, and, and that's why, you know, the trainer, everybody else. Pony rider got the horse under control, which is what needed to happen, and basically saved the horse, because if you let him be act that way, he probably would have gotten hurt. So, anyway, I didn't win any money, but it was all extremely exciting. So, my whole the whole party was like, you won! I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I should have, but anyway. Well, we joked about betting that horse potentially because of the the name it was kind of funny. And um, he was like ninety to one. Well, he was eighty to one at the time that the race went off. Well, and, and before the race went off, we were joking about how you know you have these long shots in the Derby, and, and usually the reason they're there is because the owners want to be in the owner box on Derby because <laughs> they really don't have a chance to win generally. Yeah. And, this horse is just one of those rare ones that happened to have a good run, lucky, yeah. had a lot of adrenaline, whatever, had a great race. Probably not going to be a triple jockey. I mean, yeah, probably not a triple race. crown winner. But, yeah, no, because now everybody's going to be looking out for him yeah. to do something like that. And they'll but... be able to block him in whatever necessary. Because, like yeah. I said, if that lead horse had seen him coming on the rail, I know he was coming on the rail, he probably would have come back in and, and blocked him. Because yeah. he had more than enough room to block him off. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, that's why they usually try to run that rail coming in is to keep people from coming on that inside like that generally. Yeah. But apparently the track was slow on the inside, which is why a lot of the horses kind of moved out to the middle on that turn and into the stretch. It didn't slow him down. Well, and I mean, well, and the jo- you know, the jockey saw gaps and moved the horse right, you know, to play. I mean, he took a lot of chances. Yeah. There were one big chance where those horses squished in. I mean, that my, could have been My bad, guess is the but... track probably dried out over the day. And mm-hmm. it, and especially with that long gap between races, because it was, what, two hours between the last race? and that Yeah, it was at least an hour and a half. They stretch it out as the day goes on. There yeah. may have been, it may have just gotten firmer on the inside, and it wasn't as bad of a, a track yeah. as they thought it was going into it. It's an interesting thing. But, yeah, we, we were joking about how those, uh, those horses were usually there so the, the owner can sit in the owner's row for derby. <laughs> It's kind of a prestige thing for the owner. Yeah. Because most of those horses, well, and the fa- I mean, don't have a chance. He really, you know, I mean, he didn't get in until the day before. Right. I mean, that was just, it, there were so many coincidences with that horse that just lined it up. Stars aligned for him. So yeah, with I'm, the jockey, I'm glad for him. he's never raced at that level. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, he's a turf rate jockey. I mean, which is, <laughs> you know, crazy. a fun track to go to, but. That was just yeah. one of the crazy elements of a very long day for me because I had swimming at six. We had a soccer game in northern Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. At 11, which we had to be there like 10, 10-ish, which means we had to leave about 8.30. Oh, wow. <laughs> Got home from swimming. 20 minutes later, we jump in a car. We go up to northern Kentucky for a soccer game. And then we had a soccer, then we had a rescheduled soccer game at 3 at Versailles. Wow. Like home field. We jump in a car. We get some lunch. Head back. Another game at 3. Jeez. That ends at 5. And then I guess Jenny had said, hey, we're going to go to the derby party. One of our friends, they host, they host a really big derby party every year. And by big, I mean big. <laughs> they have uh, 
jumpy house for the kids, and they oh, have wow. a live band. Oh my gosh! And they pay for like the meat, and then people bring side dishes and stuff. And there's probably hundred plus people there. Wow! Big derby party. We we end up going to that after the soccer game. We got there about five thirty or so. And the and derby we were, ran at six fifty five, I think. Yeah. Six fifty seven. We hung out there till about ten. Then one of our friends had moved back in town and to a new house. They were like, "Hey, you can come over after." They they had all left, and a few minutes after that, we went over there for like an after party. Got home about midnight. <laughs> I'm like, your day started at five thirty. You left you left your house at five thirty to for swim. I came back home for thirty minutes, and then we were and then gone we, until wow. midnight. Wow, that's longer day than I usually have. Okay, I'm impressed. <laughs> so Derby was a, a Hence very coffee. <laughs> a very long day. It was it was good. It was it was long. I mean, her mother stayed the next day. Did you have soccer? And we had soccer the next day, too. On Sunday. There was another... No, that was a scheduled game. Okay. It's one of those things where you get, like... There's... You're going to have games on, like, Mother's Day. Yeah. That's just part of the... Because they have to schedule nine or ten games. And a lot of times things get rescheduled. And yeah. The early February, March can get rained out. Mm-hmm. And we've had some rained out games. Those were... Those were the rescheduled games. But it was... Okay. Now, I think we were supposed to have Mother Day off this year, and that was a rescheduled game. <laughs> we had a number of rescheduled games, and that was the team we played Sunday. They were asking them if they played on Derby Day, and it was a Louisville team. They're like, no, we're, we're from Louisville. <laughs> we don't play on We don't play on Derby, play on Derby Day. I, I, that's one thing I found interesting is that Derby is much bigger in Louisville than it is anywhere else in the state. Well, I think it's pretty funny that Franklin County Schools got out – and several other counties got out at noon on Friday because they can't get enough subs for Oaks because so many people go to Oaks on Friday. Yeah. Because you can get into Oaks much easier than you can get into Derby, so a lot of people go... Not anymore. Not Well, yeah. Now it's Thurby. You got to go on Thursday. You gotta, that's right. They call it Thurby. Thurby. Yeah. That's actually, this year's the first time I saw that term, and I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's, that's... The school's being out. I mean, they close school... For, that's how big Derby is. Well, the Oaks, and, the Oaks traditionally was the locals' day. Okay. Derby was the day that everybody came in nationally, and right. that was the big day. But then all the nationals were like, oh, we can go for... We can because, go for two days. Because the Oaks had gotten big enough where you had, not Derby-sized crowds, but they had they filled the stands. Yeah. I mean, it was packed. They don't do the infield, though, do they, on Oaks? I, generally not. Okay. Yeah, they have some tents and stuff in there, I think, that they're yeah. filled, but they don't open it up for, like, the infield infield. You don't have quite the size, but it was full. And all the people that came in on Saturdays, they started, some of them would come in for Friday, and then it just kind of expanded. You come in for the weekend, you go to the track for two days. Yeah, so now we have Thurby. Okay. So now the locals got crowded out of their event, and now you have Thurby. Thurby. Okay. But, yeah, life, is, life has been busy, and that, that kind of takes us, I think, towards our topic for the day topic of today yeah well i mean this is kind of one of those things of that i've been one that i've been struggling with this year is motivation to race and having to deal with busy schedules all of these things that have kind of culminated because i've i've been racing for i guess 12 or 13 years now i was looking i've done 67 triathlons uh, that's a lot 31 olympic 26 sprints couple halves and then some others. I've done some like super sprints and some dues. One mm-hmm. was a try that got changed to do because the river flooded. <laughs> That's a problem, yeah. 
Yeah, that was wild because, yeah, they had us run like a, one or two miles. It was kind of like a rolling start to kind of separate us out for the bike. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> there was we, no snow. And then we, yeah, then we ran. Because, yeah, if you'd gone off, I guess you could have time trialed the bike start, but that would have been really awkward to have a bunch of people lined up with their bikes getting ready to go off. So they had you run, bike, and then run, run again? again yeah. That's okay. to do athlon normally. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you actually run. But they first. didn't have us do a because we still did the 10K on the back end. I think they had us run like a, two miles. It wasn't very long. Mm-hmm. But it was enough to kind of spread everybody out spread everybody, for the bike. Yeah. Because yeah. we came rolling into transition, grabbed our bikes, and, and went on for that race. And it's like, okay, so life is busy. I've been racing for a while. Where's the motivation to get out and train hard and find those spots to train hard and really push through. I mean, we're starting to get into a season where I should be building and my base is not super high because it's been so cold. I haven't really been biking. Yeah. Usually I use the bike for my base build and I haven't done it and I'm not motivated enough to go out when it's cold and bike. Right. That's the real challenge for me. You do this for a while and you're like, do I want to do this again? Mm -hmm. I understand professional athletes retiring and be like do i want to go through the pain of this again you go through your season you go to the off season if you do it right and this is probably a lot of the reason people train through the winter so hard you come back to the spring i go out on my bike the other day and i'm like this is really hard and i'm going slower than i was going in last october yeah (laughs) why well it's because i haven't been doing it very much yeah is it worth it you know i've got all these competing things out there it's so busy is it is it worth it to try to go through all of this again and and make it happen? That's just such a personal decision. I mean, I know for myself how I I found other things. I mean, I still train, but I certainly don't train nearly as hard as I did when I was training to get to the Boston Marathon. That's the hardest I've ever trained. And I changed my life to make that training happen. I didn't run with my groups anymore. I didn't I dropped a lot of different things to be able to do that intense training that's not something that i made a decision a long time ago that i'm not going to do on a regular basis yeah. so it's sort of a but the same time if i'm going to go into a race i don't want to go into a race and See, you and i race for different reasons I, I can't go out and just lollygag through a race because there's i, I don't see a point in that if i'm going to race it's to test and to yeah. be and to test oneself you you really should prepare to be tested mm-hmm. and it's the challenge of doing that and then the physical effort because I, I know what it takes to go out and well, I mean just yesterday I was doing 10k pace for I did what four by seven minutes of 10k pace ouch that hurts yeah <laughs> and getting yourself in that mindset to do it is really challenging year after year and then there's the whole scheduling thing I mean I've got a 10 year old now we got soccer I've gotten involved in soccer. I've been coaching soccer. It's been a lot of fun. But that also eats time. Because one of the other elements of triathlon, besides the the pain of, of the training, it, since I do mostly short course races, there's the pain of the training. Right. If you're a long course athlete, the challenge isn't the pain of the individual legs. It's just the amount of time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's time. To... The, the pain comes from I'm out there for three hours, and it's just, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I don't really want to bike anymore. <laughs> Long course has a little bit different type of challenge. For me, it's the intensity and really pushing the heart rate up mm-hmm. is my challenge. For the distance people, it's that. And, and triathlon is a sport that has such a greater involvement 
of time, logistics, of any other sport. Because when we talk about running, well, yeah, I might train four or five days a week as a runner, but if I were doing half marathons, I mean, my longest run would be an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's only as I get close to whatever race I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm spending maybe four hours, five hours a week running at most, generally. If I if generally. I were if I were a competitive half 10k type runner, that's probably where I would be. Yeah. In my training, mm-hmm. especially on average, where with triathlon, I've got to swim. Well, that's three days a week. That's three hours. Biking, you know, if you're doing that three days a week, that's going to be four or five hours, and then mm-hmm. you got another hour or two of running. I'm looking at 10 hours. Yeah. So there's the logistics side of it. Of yep. trying to put that in. And then you've got life and its competing interests over time in there. And then, you know, I've got to have this desire to want to race and get in and and, and battle. And, and it's really challenging the mentally other to get too, yourself ready for it. The other part, too, is you got to rest. And life doesn't let you necessarily rest. I mean, if you're always training and you're always doing life, and it's like, right now I have no time to rest. So it's like, well, some things are going to be put on the backside. You know, the intensity is definitely put on the backside. Right now I'm exercising for social just so that I can do something else other than work or schoolwork. It's like I need to see people. I need to do something other than sit behind a computer. And, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, because every, you know, once I get into late summer, once you have some of that fitness and you're riding well and you're and things go well towards the end of the year, it's it's not so bad. Yeah. You head into the winter, everything kind of gets shut down a little bit. You you do some maintenance, and then in spring, when it's time to ramp up, every spring it gets harder for me to want to do the ramp up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there's been so many times where I'm like, you know, if I stopped swimming. And running and, and doing all of this, you know, if I gave up like swim coaching, it's like, wow, you know how much more time I would have? <laughs> much easier my life would be. But what would you do be? with that time? Sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess when it comes to swimming, because it's so early, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just different things. And that pull becomes the that's the pull on one side is like, you know, there'd be more time, life would be easier, versus the, you know, it is fun to be to race for the most part again you know you get to 70 races the desire to want to race begins to wane mm-hmm. too it's kind yeah. of that whole retirement and so you've got this you got these competing interests you got life you got the pain of i've done this before I, it's not new and exciting right i know what's involved in racing i know how hard it is and so you're trying to thread that needle yeah. and, and and get yourself ready for that level of intensity and like i said that gets harder and harder every year the only thing i know to continue the only thing that's worked for me at this point is just the routine mm-hmm. since i coach three days a week i swim three days a week you know i, I bike run a couple of days a week it's just it's what i've done and then, then it's just a matter of like okay i'm just going to add the intensity in here and build up to race it's it's been quite the the challenge and it gets harder every year i'll be honest yeah well and i mean that's you know you and i said race for different reasons and have different sort of train my training is social i mean i do bike by myself i do run by myself i do swim by myself just because my, my body needs that exercise 
but most of the time it is social though. I want to, and I get more challenged when I'm with other people because I push myself. I train with people that are faster than me in all three disciplines. So it's easy for me to get the intensity up just because I'm trying to keep up. A lot of the the girls I've coached over the year, women I've coached, girls, women I've coached over the year, that's a lot of them are very social in, in, in how they approach it. And some of their longevity probably comes because it is a, a social event for them. Yeah. Well, they've got their family, their kids, and this is kind of their social time. They've been able to gather a social group to go out and train and do these races. Yeah. When I think about doing the Flying Pig next year, I probably won't be doing it to get a PR. I know I won't be. You know, it's going to be who else is going to come with me. You know, and let's go have fun up in Cincinnati and do a race at the same time. Different reasons. Yeah, and then the other side of it for, like, is the fact that I am aging, so I'm not going to be getting faster. Yeah. Especially in running and biking. Well, I'm getting faster in swimming, but that's technique-driven. Yeah. You know, there's, there's only so much more technique I can I can eke out of running and, and the bike. Pretty efficient on the bike at this point as far as yeah. cornering. You can buy some more speed if you get another bike. It'd be minimal. Yeah. I mean, my you know, m- most of my speed gains nowadays are from just little elements of biking being able to take a corner faster than everybody else being able to yeah. break later than everybody else yeah there, there's some efficiency there from that although my, my biggest problem in the biking now is, is it's hard for me to get my cadence high because we don't have any flattish areas around here <laughs> i was riding bcc and the guy was like i'll join you if you make a flat route and i'm like we're going to go back and forth on the same road then. <laughs> yeah, there's just, no, there's, no, there's not nothing happening. flat around here. That's one of the challenging aspects of biking around here, is trying to find flattish areas to, to work on. Because yeah. most of the races are kind of flat. There's not a flat. lot of hilly f- races in, in this area. Yep. But yeah, no, it's it's this real challenge of you know how do you motivate yourself year after year to continue doing something that is so time-consuming, so logistical consuming especially Mm -hmm. when you know life begins to change around you your priorities change what you're doing Mm -hmm. i mean for me it's i you know my son's got soccer he plays a lot i I go to those games i mean you guys are doing soccer five six days a week now yeah between practices and games mainly because i've gotten into coaching (laughs) yeah i mean you know life changes and priorities change and you know i know that my life is going to be different until i graduate I got another year where racing is just going to be on the back seat, you know, the back burner. I'll do it. I'll, I'll work out and I'll swim and I'll bike and I'll run just for fitness. And I think the only way you can continue to do that, at least the only way I've found, is by creating a habit. Like, okay, this is my schedule. This is when I can work out. This is I'm just going to do it on these days. And there's I've been doing it for so long now. It's just a habit for me to want to go swim and for me to want to bike yeah. and want to run. Adding in that intensity is is, is now my biggest challenge. It's like, mm-hmm. can I get myself ready to race at a level that I'm comfortable racing? I, I, I don't want to just... You don't want to just go... For, for me, I mean, the, to race for social aspects doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's a hundred and something dollars. If I'm going to race, I want to, I want to be able to test myself. Mm-hmm. And I've got to be ready to test myself. I mean, that's because he's like, okay, well, we can go do nationals this year. Well, like, okay, but that's that's a big mental commitment <laughs> to get yourself ready to race. And I don't know if I'm going to be there this year for nationals. I don't, 
to do nationals, I kind of had to commit, and I would have had to have gone out and, and done a lot more biking in April than I did in March than I did. It's challenging. We'll, we'll, well see how it goes in the next month. The weather didn't help you, but... No, the weather was uh, very much against me this year. Yeah. I mean, that's part of life. Yeah. Uh, but I have to... I'll have to figure that out if I want to really compete again and, and get yourself ready. But every spring is hard because every time I go out and, and, and begin to do things, like biking, is, I'm slower and it's harder than it was mm-hmm. in October of last year. Yeah. That's not a... It's not a good feeling. <laughs> Uh, I understand. understand. I'm just tickled to death now that, you know, now that I'm back running, that I can do it, that I can run five and a half miles, and, you know, I can I can hit some of the paces at least for a short amount of time. So, so the funny thing is, is like, win. with COVID and the absence of it, it's actually made it harder for me to want to get back in because I've seen the other side. <laughs> <laughs> of doing nothing? Of <laughs> doing nothing, spending more time with family and stuff like that, and just... yeah. You know, doing some other things. It's, it's just been interesting. Yeah. Priorities change, you know, and that that's okay. I mean, yeah. you know, you got to make decisions on how to, if it's something, you know, I don't know. Like I said, you know, you and I are very different. I don't mind changing what I'm doing. I look at, maybe I want to do adventure races, you know, the triathlon with the canoeing and stuff. And I'm loving the mountain biking. Normally I wouldn't even be bothering to do that. It's my mountain bike that's in the car. It's not my road bike. Yeah, I haven't mountain biked yeah. in, a, in a little while. It's, I enjoy road biking more than mountain biking. Mountain biking's okay. I, I just, I, when it comes to road biking right now, I don't want to go out by myself. I'm tired of dealing with cars. I'm just tired of, you know, <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to deal with getting buzzed by vehicles and stuff. Going out into the woods and challenging myself, can I make that turn? Can I, because there's so many aspects of the trail that I, I know really well now and it's like, oh, I still can't get that one thing. I've got a lot of challenges with the mountain biking that I have not uh, achieved yet. I remember those days. Yeah. Well, I'm there now. It's still new to me and it's still, so it's really fun. Yeah. Mountain biking can be a lot of fun. It's, there are some aspects of it that are fun. There's some aspects of it that are, that to me got old it's it's really hard on the body i'm really well yeah i'm i am bruised and battered like crazy i was having a great ride about a week and a half ago and it was nice and dry and then i hit a corner and it was loose dirt and boom you know down i went you know my legs are all bruised up gotta be able to lean into that corner more man get your get Uh, get on that edge more well you know i came up it need to drop her seat post to get sink it lower on the bike make that corner better well, that, and then, then you get to the point of mountain biking. Where mountain biking is, is you got to spend six, seven thousand dollars on your mountain yeah, bike. Yeah, right. I spent less than a thousand. I'm very happy with my bike. Leave it alone. <laughs> well, but having ridden a mountain bike for an extended period of time, the full suspension is yeah. just so much better. Having a dropper seat post is so much better. All those things matter quite a bit in the comfort and ability to execute on a mountain bike. And the more you're in it, the more you realize it. I mean, I mean, I've got a hardtail. And every time I ride, every time I'm done, I'm, I'm beat up from being on a hardtail, not having that rear suspension. And I'm running a plus-size tire, so I've got a little more give than a regular mountain bike. And it's yeah. just, you know, because when you ride hard, it's you're going to get rattled around quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I get beat up pretty well. But it's still a challenge. Oh, and, yeah. you know, uh, 
I mean, I've been told there's certain areas that I'm not going to be able to get all the way up the hill just because of the way my bike is designed. I'm going to need a different bike. There's yeah. a couple of spots, but I don't necessarily believe that. So there's a couple spots. You tell me I can't do that, something. I'm going to try and do it. There's a couple spots over there that are really hard to get up, not because of bike, just because they're steep. Yeah. Um, you'd probably have to be clipped in to have any chance, and you're probably not clipped in. No, yet, are you? <clears throat> I'm not clipped in, and I'm not going to be clipped in because I'm. Well, that's without. some of those steep hills. That's the only way you're going to get up them, because well, there's, there's one steep one, sliding. and then there's two bumps, and to be able to get over those humps at the right angle, to execute it at the right angle, to have enough power to get up and be able to hop up those two roots that are sticking out, that's my challenge. There's a couple of spots that I couldn't get up that I can do now, so I know, I know it's possible. I just got to work on it. There's a lot of things that in mountain biking that. Clipton matter and, and, and climbing is one of them because of the loose nature of it. Yeah. If you're not clipped in, you can't continue to to make that pull. And once you slip, you're done. With flat pedals, once you slip, you're done. Yeah. You've got to walk the rest of the way. But if you're clipped in, I can fight through that because I'm clipped in. Well, and part of it's that. And the other thing I do is uh, I ride a mountain bike like I used to ride a horse. When you're riding a horse, you're up and over the neck going up a hill to yes. give the horse the, to get yeah, off the horse's back end so that they can push it. But you, on a mountain bike, you want to be on the back end. And I'm just instinctively do the opposite. So I'm still, <laughs> you know, at 55, it's hard to teach me new tricks. So I'm learning them. Yeah. The, the biggest thing you probably could use would be a, a dropper seat post. Yeah. Someday, if I keep doing it, I'll we'll get it next year. That allows I need a lot of things in life. I need a new road bike. I need a new mountain bike. Well, I mean, the, and the biggest thing that keeps me from mountain biking is that I have to drive to the trailhead when I can just walk out my door and go road biking. Sure. That's Good still point. the biggest advantage of road biking. <laughs> I'm working on a mountain bike trail at my own house, so that's the other reason. So then I can That helps just, a little bit. That'll, that'll help. I mean, and I don't have, my mountain bike trail's not very far, but the biggest problem is it's the same one. and after you do it yeah. 60 or 70 still new to me. times, it's, it, it, there, there needs to be new trails. Because like the one near us is, is okay. It's not a super challenging mountain bike trail as far as from a technical standpoint. There's a couple areas that are technical. A lot of it's kind of flat, rolling type pedal stuff. A lot of pedaling at Capital View. That's okay. It's good for me. Well, when it comes down to motivation, it's something new for me. It's keeping me motivated to... Get out there and stay fit. Yeah. Maybe not to compete, but yeah, and I guess that I'm is, not bored of it yet. That is an option for people that who, who get into it is just try different things and, and do different things. Yeah. There's a, a way to, and like mountain biking is a good way, especially in the off season. Yeah. There's a way to maintain fitness and get out there and and do something different where new challenges await. <laughs> yep. So you just got to figure out your new challenges then. Exactly. No, not really. <laughs> Well, I can't help you though. No, trying to I, help you here, but no, yeah. I, I get it. I, I've, yeah, I've already done the mountain biking thing, I, and, and I try to keep things fresh. It's it's just it's challenging. It's it's challenging to find that motivation to go out and 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 want to do the race things because it's one thing to yeah. just go out and ride. It's another thing to go out and, and push yourself. Yeah, to be better, and that's where I that's where my challenges run into. Well, that's all up to you. <laughs> Have fun with that. Like I said, a lot of it's just habit. Like everything yeah. else. That's the only thing i found is I'm in the habit of doing it. Now I just have to is, is just add the intensity. And once you get into it, once it gets going, it, it gets a lot easier. It's trying to get, trying to break through that first 
two months out of each year this is the challenge because it's already like the running's getting a little bit easier for the intensity now i gotta get my biking up and it's getting there There it's just you know the one thing you have to remember is it's only like that first month or two that that's really mentally hard because once you're once you begin to adapt to those types that type of training load it gets a lot easier yeah so that's something to keep in mind as well. You're just, you're just trying to get through those first couple months of each season. Yep. You can do it. Everybody can. Everybody can. Exactly. It's a choice. It's, be... <laughs> it's always a choice, man. It's always a choice. You just have to make the choice. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us or watching us on YouTube. If you like us, like us, right? Good. Subscribe. On YouTube, on YouTube, hit the like button if you've enjoyed this video. If you, you want to see more content like this, hit the subscribe button. We... Uh, try to post regularly it's been kind of irregular here recently but we'll we'll see if we can get better as we go forward (laughs) and uh, if you're listening to us on itunes give us five star rating we really appreciate it if you're looking for a coach check us out at go3sport.com and we'll talk to you hopefully next week hopefully